Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am so excited to have Rio Vieira Newton on today's episode. I have followed Rio's writing for ages, and the girl is just so knowledgeable about skincare. It started from her own personal struggle with her skin. She had acne, and she just dove deep into the Asian beauty subreddits, the skincare addiction subreddits, which I personally love because you guys know I always say self-education is so key. You can read about new products all the time, but I think it's so important just to learn how skin works and how all of these different ingredients and actives really penetrate your skin layer. Reddit and the Skincare Addiction Reddit, I'm telling you, is a wealth of knowledge. I am not ashamed to say that I have spent hours on message boards and reading about ingredients so that I can better understand skincare. I'm a big proponent of books as well. Natural beauty is really easy to learn about through reading books, but there are also great sites. One of the sites that I love and has great DIY recipes, if you like me want to get into your kitchen and start making some of your own products, wellnessmama.com is fantastic. And I think they have really great, easy to follow recipes if you want to start mixing your oils and butters and doing some of your own stuff. And then I have to credit a lot of Rio's work at The Strategist because reading her work has taught me a lot about skincare and what I'm looking for in a good product. There are a few voices in beauty that I really follow closely, and she is definitely one of them. So I'm excited to be able to share her and all of her magic and knowledge with you all because she's just a joy and she knows so much. So I got really specific with her about brands because you guys know People recommend all sorts of things. And I just came straight out and said, okay, these are the brands that I think are charging a lot of money for skincare. Is it worth it? Let's be honest. And she came with 100% honesty and transparency, but then also put me on to some incredible, very inexpensive brands too. So the woman has range. The woman has range. A little something new that I'm doing with Naked Beauty is I'm going to do takeaways at the end of each episode to kind of recap the convo. These chats that I'm having are so information rich. So I want to start leaving you guys with takeaways at the end. Let me know if this is helpful. You guys know where to reach me. I'm at Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram all day, every day. I try to respond to every single DM that I get. So if you guys have DM'd me on there, I have probably written you back. I would be amazed if I've let a few slip through. And if I have, I'm sorry, maybe just DM me again. But I try to respond to every single DM that I get on Naked Beauty Planet. As always, screenshot as you're listening to the show. I love to see how you guys listen, where you listen. Tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. If you're not subscribed, please take the time to subscribe. Also rate and review the podcast. I'm so grateful for everyone who takes the time to do that. And without further ado, let's get into the episode with Rio. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm here with Rhea Vera Newton. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you are obsessed with beauty and skincare, as am I. So I feel like this is going to be a great conversation. It's true. And can I just say right off the bat, your skin is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Oh also, gosh. your voice yeah. is just as magical in person. <laughs> thank as you it very much. Was in my thank you. AirPods. Thank you. AirPods. <laughs> yes, thank you. I am a dry skin girl like you. So I'm like a big fan of the layering of like the serums and the oils and the like, I just have to have layers of layers and layers of moisture. Layering is really important. So important. So key. So your career, I feel like started in a very unorthodox way, which is Google Doc Mm -hmm. of your skincare routine. Yeah. So many people ask, like, how do you break into the beauty industry? Like, how do you start? Can you tell us a little bit about how you, and I should say where you are now, you're at The Strategist doing amazing things and writing about beauty all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your start? It's funny because when I was first graduating from college and getting into the working world, one of the main pieces of advice my mom gave me is that good things take a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that that was such frustrating advice because you can't really will luck. Yeah. And most of us like to be in control of everything. So hearing that something takes luck is not that comforting. Exactly. And I'm a Capricorn, so I really like to overplan. (laughs) Yep. And basically, I had graduated from college. Yes. You went to Bard, right? I went to Bard, yep. studied writing. I really wanted to work in media. But when I graduated, the landscape of media was changing so much. I mean, what it's always this? changing. It was 2016. Okay. But it, it just, I remember graduating and all of my friends that were editors and writers that I looked up to so much were losing their jobs. Print was going out of fashion even more and like so rapidly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess this really isn't the best time to apply for any jobs in media at the moment. So I kind of was curious about what other things I could do that allowed me to work in the same creative spaces as media. So I looked into PR and me and my best friend throughout all of college, we ran a blog. We had a music blog. So I thought that kind of a natural progression was to do music PR. Okay. So I worked in the publicity department of a record label. Which record for, label? It was Interscope. Okay. Oh, wow. For two years. How did you find working with artists? I feel like they can be very temperamental. It's crazy. When I look back, I can't believe the projects that I got to work on. It was an incredible learning experience mm. for sure. Artists can be tricky, for sure. I think that they're very particular people. Yeah. Everyone around them kind of enables that, which is interesting. Yes. And it's definitely its own game. Mm. I've I've never interacted with a person in my real life the way I have an artist when I was working at a record label, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. They're just different people and they have a different creative process and they just don't really live by the same rules as the rest of us do. Yeah. Like they're not going to email you back. No, that's completely (laughs) out of the question. Yeah. So I was doing that for two years. And while I was there, I think that 
I learned a lot about just what it meant to be a working girl and what I liked and didn't like in a corporate environment. I wasn't very happy at this job. Mm -hmm. It didn't really have a lot to do with the job itself. Just like office politics Mm -hmm. were pretty intense there, to be honest. And also, I should mention, it was a really high-intensity job. Okay, stressful. It was a very, very stressful job. For example, I got a text message once at 11.45 p.m. on New Year's Eve. I'm at a party. I'm yeah. tipsy. I'm like living right, my of life. of course. Ready to bring in the new year. Yeah, the text from a coworker and they're like, hey, we're going to need you to go home and send out this press release for a song that a big artist is putting out at midnight on New Year's. So I did. <laughs> oh my God. But, and people always say, when I, when I tell that story, people are always like, what? That's crazy. But it really did teach me so much about time management mm. and how to rearrange your schedule to both prioritize work and pleasure. Yes. I learned so much. Yeah. Anyways, so I was very, very stressed at this job. Okay. To say. Yes. And so, did that impact your skin? So I started having really, really violent hormonal breakouts. Really? And I've dealt with breakouts my whole life, kind of in waves. Okay. But I basically was having really, really terrible breakouts. And I was also not making a ton of money at my job. Mm-hmm. And anyone I reached out to about like what products they liked, what worked for them to deal with acne, and even like a lot of editorial coverage was about like luxury skincare at the time. Yep, this was really like the height of the biologique recherche yes. movement. Yes, which I am not a fan of. And people are very shook by that. I have like a love-hate relationship yeah. with them. It's I just tough. think it's I think it's too expensive and too toxic when there are other lower cost, more natural products that are as effective. I definitely think that there are amazing, much cheaper alternatives yeah. to what they put out. Yeah. Anyways, so I was kind of freaking out at the time because I was like, wow, I really have to spend $75 on a bottle of something in order to get my skin in order. That's so upsetting. Yeah. Went to a bunch of dermatologists. A lot of them wanted me to go on Accutane. Yeah. I just really didn't want to make that commitment. Mm. And so I decided to kind of take to the internet, which isn't always the best <laughs> idea, but in my case, it, it actually ended yeah. up being a great thing. So I got super into Reddit and I got super okay. into YouTube. Skincare addiction, Reddit? Skincare addiction, Asian yeah. beauty. Yes. Okay. And I've learned a lot from those subs. I mean, yeah. just a wealth of knowledge everyone on that site has. It's, it's truly yeah. remarkable. Yeah. And it's still an amazing resource. Oh, yeah, it really is. And for it's me. self-regulating too, which I really appreciate. Yes. Yeah. And I love that everyone challenges one another in a really healthy way yes, on this, exactly, on this site. Exactly. It's like really beautiful. Exactly. That Reddit is when I first learned that St. Ives apricot scrub is like the worst thing ever. I th- actually think that that was the case for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I started looking into all of these kinds of like skincare forums mm. and started to learn more and more about K-beauty. Mm-hmm. And K-beauty was just kind of bubbling at the time. It was a very kind of like word of mouth underground community online. But what I kept hearing and reading over and over again is it's so effective and it's so affordable. So immediately I kind of jumped into the world of K-beauty and started ordering a lot of things online, going to a lot of stores in UU 35MM, which is around the corner in Chinatown, is one of the best K-beauty stores I've ever been to. 
if anyone listening to this who lives in New York hasn't been there, I highly recommend it. Everyone who works there is like an amateur dermatologist, I swear. <laughs> My issue with K-Beauty is a lot of the packaging I can't read. 100%. So having someone in store to help you like explain like what the hell this is is so helpful. Exactly. And I think that is one of the things that can be the most confusing about K-Beauty. But the thing that's so fabulous about it is it really does work. And the price is so right it really allows you to experiment with ingredients. Yes. And it was the first time I had the ability to do that, to be yes. like, oh, what is Centella? What is mugwort? Does yes. this work for me? Yes. I also love that so much about K-Beauty prioritizes this like really sweet spot of hydration and treatment. Mm -hmm. And I, I think agree. that so many of the products I tried before were these like really high percentage benzoyl peroxide yeah. or salicylic acids that were just drying my skin out and making yes. my skin worse. Yes. So it was like so cyclical for me before I would try these products, put it on a breakout and then the skin would be irritated and flaky and I would just like be back at square one. But with K-Beauty... It hit this beautiful sweet spot that my skin just loved. Yes. And I didn't realize how much soothing and healing treatments were yes. better for my particular skin type rather than these like intensive stripping. Yes. Was there an early product that you used and you were like, OK, this is it. I'm getting converted slowly. Causerex. Everything okay. from Causerex, Causerex the brand, yes. is, is just incredible. If I had to use one brand for the rest of my life, it would be them. I think that they really prioritize communicating what is in the products. Yep. I think they're very to the point. Again, they always have acne and sensitive skin types in, in mind, which is exactly my skin type. Yes. And I think they just do a beautiful job of making affordable, easy to use products. Yes. So how long did you experiment with your skin before you made this now famous Google Doc? I want to say about six months. Okay, that's a healthy amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because any of my friends that I've made in the past, like one or two years, mm -hmm. they look at my skin, and they're like, what are you talking about? You yeah, you have incredible have skin. Acne. Yeah, you but don't. Any of my, my day ones, they're like, <laughs> I remember because yeah. it was such a distinct part of my personality. Mm. I would cancel plans all the time because I didn't feel good about my skin. Wow. I was always at facials. I was always getting treatments. Yeah. It was just a really big part of my personality. Yeah. So when I started having clearer skin yes. and I stopped talking about it less. Yes. My friends noticed yeah. immediately. And, and they, they were like, what they are were you like, doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But I had been using all these kind of random K-beauty products. A lot of them weren't in English, like you mentioned. So even if I recommended a certain product to them, they'd look at it and it would be like Causerex AHA Whitehead 95 <laughs> exfoliant. What is this? Yeah. So in order to break down and explain to them what I was using, I made a Google Doc. I'm a Google Doc girl through and through. Okay. Like Love I make Google, Google Docs Doc. for everything. Okay. Again, like that's a very big part of my personality. So I made a Google Doc and I shared it with two of my best friends and they really loved it. It worked wonders for their skin. They started sharing it with friends. They passed it along to friends of friends. Wow. And then it kind of just snowballed. It got in the hands of a friend of a friend who worked at New York Mag. And then she reached out to me and she was like, how would you feel about publishing this? Wow. And I was like, I would love that. That's a dream. <laughs> yeah. And they published it. It exploded into something. Yeah. Do you know I, how many people have read it to date? The Google Doc, do you know how many people have seen it? 
I don't know. I want to say like the ori- the original Google yeah. Doc, like in the Google Doc folder, I want to say there was like 50 people in it. Okay. Which was a lot. Yeah. Before the strategist published it. Right. And okay. now it just like exists on the strategist pretty much yeah, to a T. They're like tens um, of thousands of readers. But yeah, it was so crazy. Meanwhile, I'm still working at Interscope this whole time. Right. So I'm like really side hustling because after the Google Doc went live, Katie, my now editor, reached out and she was like, hey, how would you feel about doing a a column for us, a once a week column? And again, like I've always wanted to work at media and New York Mag was one of my favorite magazines in the world. Yeah. So I couldn't believe it was happening to me. And of course, I agreed. My boss at Interscope, who is lovely, actually gave me the green light. He was like, I think that's great. Congratulations. Awesome. So and you it, had the writing background. Exactly. And I think in his head, he was like, you know, it's not going to hurt that she's building these great relationships with people in media yeah. while working in PR. Very smart of um, as well. Well, I ended up... <laughs> you ended up leaving him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was doing that. I had this column at New York Mag and I was working full time in the PR department at Interscope for about a year before I wow. moved to New York Mag full time. And started working at The Strategist full-time. Okay. So I'm very much like a big proponent of side hustles. Yes. I'm always like, if you are unhappy at your job, but you're scared to leave because of finances or because of whatever, that's okay. You don't have to leave it to explore things you love and explore other things you love. Absolutely. Side hustles. Yes. I mean, I don't work in beauty, but I love beauty. So I started a beauty podcast. I was about to say, I feel like you're a really great example of that as well. Yes. No, I think I think side hustles are so important. And I think there's a soul fulfilling as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It kept me alive. Totally. When I was so unhappy at this job, like it just really, really stimulated me every day. Yeah. And for me, I think I'm very happy at my job, but I realize it's not like the end all be all. Like I think I used to put a lot of stock in like if a creative idea I pitched at work didn't get through, that was like my only outlet. But now that I have something else to like express myself. I don't feel like work is as important. It's not like everything. Yeah, Yeah. I know what you mean. I feel like a big part of your job at The Strategist is to try beauty products and tell people if they're worth spending money on. Mm. So you kind of have a lot of financial responsibility. Like you have inspired that hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent, maybe millions at this point. I mean, if you really think about how the reach of the site, how much you write about beauty and how much people really take what you say and use it to inform their purchasing decisions. Does that ever like stress you out or just like make you really, really just have to be 100% sure that when you say something is worth it, it's worth it? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like my column is evolving so much. It does every day because it's such an extension of me. Mm-hmm. And as I evolve, my column evolves too since it's so first person. Yes. When I first started my column... My soul, or not my soul, but one of my biggest priorities was getting people the best deals. I wanted people to spend as little money as possible on the most effective product. Yes. However, with this whole movement behind sustainability, a lot of that has shifted for me. And I Mm -hmm. feel a lot more ethically compelled to write about products that might be more expensive, Mm. but they're better to invest in yes both for yourself and for the environment so you know i really go back and forth with this mm-hmm. because for example i will recommend now a product that's a hundred dollars but it's refillable yes and not everyone likes that some people feel really betrayed by that shift 
So trying to understand how to kind of reach that middle ground of, yes. of, of catering to both of those different sides of the spectrum yeah. has been something that's really important to me. And I'm, I'm always striving towards that. Okay. So. Well, first I wrote down three products that I think are great and fine, but not necessarily worth spending the full price tag on. Okay. One of the things that happens, and I'm very transparent about this on the show, is I have beauty editors or influencers and they get everything for free. Mm-hmm. So they reckon, they're like, oh, yeah. I love the new Chanel moisturizer. And I'm like, okay, but is it that much better than like the CeraVe PM? And yeah. Like, well, I don't know. I don't really use that because I yeah. get everything for free. So these were the three that I came up with. And I know you love this first product. So I'm curious if you agree, but the SK2 Essence, I think it's a fabulous essence. I have it right now, but price point wise, I think that there are other essences that are just as effective. 2020, me, I couldn't agree more. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Happy to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about bio- Biologique Recherche. I put that as you can save your money. I mean, it's interesting because I know so many people that have had such game-changing results with biology, like night and day. So uh, I'm always a little timid to write things off and say they don't work when there are people who have had such intense positive results. Those people just aren't me. I have, I've been on a journey with exfoliating in general, Okay, where I just think we are all so accustomed to over exfoliating in such an extreme way and you see products like drunk elephant baby facial for example which, which for I sensitive think is, skin it's a nightmare i mean i think it's like 25 yeah. percent ahas yes 20 very something percent AHAs. Yeah. that's facial grade yeah that's a lot it's a lot um and i know people who use that every day really yeah and the ordinary has some really intense like peeling masks as well yeah and i and i think if if you are like us and you mm-hmm. have dry, sensitive, mm-hmm. potentially breakout prone skin. Yeah. On the one hand, I really understand the desperation that comes when when you have breakouts. I yeah. really do. Yeah. And exfoliating treatments are one of those things where you see results immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when it works, you're like, I have to keep using this as much right. as possible. Right. But the reality is it's actually so much better for your skin if you kind of slow down and you use the really high exfoliating treatments sparingly or the very low percentage exfoliating treatments more more frequently. Yeah. Okay. This is the last one on my list that I think is overrated in terms of price. La Mer. I am not a La Mer girl. Okay. To be perfectly honest with you. That's great. We're in good company. Yeah, I, I I am not. I think... They're like, history is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a lot to admire about them, especially from a marketing perspective when it comes to the beauty industry. I just don't. I'm not particularly moved by their formulas. Totally agree. Okay. Should I start with skincare first or makeup? Either one. Okay, let's start with skincare. Okay. Eye cream, something you ha- you should splurge on or you can save on. Are we talking brands? Yeah. Or yeah, just like price point. Like if you're going to buy an eye cream, is that something that you feel like, okay, actually for a good eye cream, you have to spend some money? So I have spent both very little money on eye cream and I've splurged on eye cream. My eye cream of the moment is actually quite pricey. I think it's about like $50. What's your eye cream of the moment? It's the Dr. Loretta Tightening Eye Gel. Okay. What I love about Dr. Loretta, again, I'm investing in something I really believe in. It's mm-hmm. a female-owned business. It's medical grade. It's a family-run business. I just really support their whole 
brand and yes. ethos. And I think that that's what's so interesting about beauty in 2020 yes. is there are so many brands so right many. now. It's There's never been so yeah. many brands and products in, in the history of the cosmetic industry. Yeah. But because of that, you can really get behind brands that you believe in right now mm-hmm. and that share your values. And Dr. Loretta is just one of those brands to me where yes. I feel good when I spend money on them. And I, it's interesting you said that about getting free stuff as an editor, because while that is totally true, I get an overwhelming amount of things for free. The strategist is a lot. They really prioritize discovery. Okay. So I don't take desk sides at work. I don't have brands come in and sit with me and tell them about their products. It's all on me to kind of decide reach out to a brand and say like hey can i try this oh wow or i still spend money at sephora all the time yeah. i go to Ulta. Don't we like all? it's my i mean it's my job <laughs> <laughs> um so i actually yeah. do spend a lot of money and buy products myself as yeah. well okay moisturizer again causerx is one of my all-time favorite moisturizers which one it's the hyaluronic acid cream and i think it's about 18 dollars. so affordable yeah affordable one thing you wrote about recently that was such a game changer for me you talked about hyaluronic acid in body cream mm-hmm. like necessary body i think that product is so interesting i do too yeah i wanted to like not like it because i was like oh are they like just kind of making something that we had basic versions just of another thing another thing yeah but I, i'm like totally buying the necessary me too Kool-Aid. me too i think that they're a really cool brand yeah I also just like the idea of not having to buy a million different lotions for every single season, just having the mm. one serum to yep. kind of give you that boost of moisture yes. in one body lotion. Yes, because you have eczema as well. I have really bad eczema. Yeah. I have very, very bad eczema. Yeah. I have it all over my legs for the most part. Mm. And I get it on my arms and on my face as well. Oh, wow. So, so hyaluronic acid is probably Hyaluronic acid is, is amazing. Yes. Sunscreen. Well, my favorite sunscreen is like $13. Okay. What sunscreen do you love? It's the Perito Centella sunscreen. Okay. I don't even know that brand. It's amazing. It's a cute beauty brand. You can buy it at UU35MM. You can also buy it, I think, on Amazon. Okay. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's amazing. It So centella is an ingredient that has become one of my tried and true go-tos. Tell us about centella. So it's a very, very popular ingredient in K-Beauty, but a lot more companies are adopting it as an ingredient as well because it's just incredibly healing. Mm. And again, in the spirit of that like true K-Beauty middle ground, it is equal parts anti-inflammatory and moisturizing. Okay. So you're treating while also giving moisture to the skin at the same time. Is it plant-based? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I also read that you, for your AM versus PM skincare routine, I think you said in the AM you focus on healing and brightening mm-hmm. and the PM you focus on Treatment. treating breakouts. Yeah. Which I think is a so really, really helpful really distinction. Using- I'm not really using exfoliants in the morning too often. Yeah. Well, it's also not great because of sunscreen. Sun, exactly. Okay. Essence. Is that something you need to spend a lot of money on or? Again, I have very, very cheap essences in my life. Um, What's your favorite essence? So right now I am completely obsessed with this brand that I met you. Oh, yes. I read it. Okay. I just think it is so brilliant. And my skin has never reacted so positively to two products. They're toner and exfoliant. I feel like toners and essences are things that people sleep on because they think that they're like an unnecessary step. But I think they really make a huge difference. 
I couldn't agree more. I, I think that it gets a little bit confusing because there's so much research you have to do on whether a toner is just a toner, whether yes. it's an exfoliating yes. toner. Yes. Sometimes there's exfoliating essences. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. And then ampules is like this whole... Ampules and serums. Oh. You know, it's just, yeah. it's so confusing and you do really have to educate yourself a lot, which is why I try and make my column just as clear as possible. Yes. yes. One of the best things is that I have an editor who doesn't know a single thing about beauty. She's not a beauty editor oh, that's so whatsoever. Helpful. So she can really so jet check. So she's like, what is setting your face? Like, what <laughs> on earth does that mean? And it's so helpful because I end up breaking things down in like super colloquial, really yeah. digestible ways because she's like, explain it to me, a person who's never used essence in my life. That's so helpful. Yeah. What about sheet masks? I love sheet masks. Yes. I really love sheet masks. Do you think they need to be expensive? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I've, I've purchased like $1 sheet masks. That and you think they're just changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite sheet mask? I don't know what my favorite sheet mask is. It kind of depends on the crisis at hand. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. There is a tea tree sheet mask from MetaHeal. Yes. And tea tree is one of those kind of like OG ingredients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that it's kind of... I don't know, dated as a ingredient to treat your skin. But this sheet mask will give you faith in tea tree all over again. And it, does it help to heal breakouts? Yeah, it helps healing breakouts, but it also is like very replenishing on the yeah. skin. It's super nourishing. If I am, you know, it's my time of the month mm-hmm. or if I'm just having a bad skin day, I wake up and I'm just a little pimply. I throw it on and my skin always looks better the next day. Okay. okay. It's so great. So foundation, save or splurge? Foundation, to be perfectly honest with you, I do tend to splurge a little bit on. Okay. I think I just have like very particular requirements when it comes to foundation. What are those requirements? I like it to be very sheer. Yes. And very dewy. I'm all about just like a very, very natural base. Mm -hmm. Kind of like just a very thin veil of color. Yes. I feel like I always want my skin to show through my foundation. Exactly. And and then if I want to take more of the edge off of my under eyes or Mm -hmm. a breakout or whatever, then I go in with a more full coverage concealer. Okay. What's your foundation and concealer of the moment? So my favorite foundation is the Kosas Skin Oil, face oil, I think is what it's called. It's amazing. Really? I love Kosas. I need to try more of their products. I think that it's just so fabulous. And I always used to mix foundations with face oils. Mm. And it just, it's that exact consistency. Yeah, perfect. Mascara? I love Glossier Lash Slick. Really? Yeah, it's one of, it's a holy grail to me. I seldom use anything else. You have very full lashes, though. I do have, you have quite top and bottom. I do have quite full lashes, but I did put on a couple of layers of um, lash slick. Lash slick. Okay. But I also really swear by lash tints and lifts. Oh wow, the treatments. Yeah. Okay. You think they make a big difference? I I think it makes a massive difference. I rub my eyes. Yeah. Lash Lick is one of the only uh, mascaras that doesn't make me look like a complete raccoon every day, <laughs> but. Getting lash lifts and tints just has it so it looks like I'm wearing mascara all the time. Even if you're not. Even if I'm not. It's so interesting. Glossier, I think you, you did like a getting ready with me for Glossier. Yeah. And one of the things, we talked about how you don't read your comments earlier before you started recording, but one of the common criticisms is that Glossier is for people that are already beautiful. Mm. And you're already like a very beautiful girl. 
you know, and yeah, you don't you don't need that much. Right. Mm. Do you feel like there are certain brands that because you are, you know, a pretty girl that you feel like you can use that maybe for other people that have more issues that they're trying to cover up more? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like you're there's like almost like a pretty privilege that gives you a bias towards certain cosmetics brands? I mean, I think in a way that comment has always been very interesting to me. I wonder if it's because Glossier prioritizes like creating this sense of community and people not really feeling in- included in that community. Oh, That's always kind of what I've thought about when I, I read those mm-hmm. comments. And I, and I completely resonate with it because, mm-hmm. for example, like even in that video, I did have a, a little bit of a breakout. At oh, that really? time, I, didn't even... I mean, I wouldn't have noticed it either yeah. if I had been watching the video myself. Yeah. But there were a couple of comments that were like, wow, the first person that's ever had breakouts mm. in one of these videos, mm. which I, I found really interesting. Yeah. Or the first time a girl has ever actually been covering up a pimple in one <laughs> right. of these videos. Right. So, yeah, I, I yeah. think that it, it definitely is. It's worth thinking about and talking yeah. about like pretty privilege when it comes to to brands mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes how far off some brands are from the reality of most people's yeah. skin yeah yeah i definitely think so i def- i feel that a lot when it comes to skincare as well oh yeah i think yeah skincare is such an interesting one because there are people that have perfect amazing skin and they do treatments right like they go to facials they're getting botox they're doing all of this pretty intense stuff but then when it comes to their skincare routine they're like Oh, yeah, I just use like yeah, serum. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you're leaving out like your personal trainer, the facials yeah. that you get, the like LED light therapy. I know. I think that's one of the craziest things about just like everyone having a YouTube channel right now, especially yeah. all of those like extremely beautiful models yeah. following their kind of like what I eat in a day yeah. or their like get ready with me yeah. videos. It's, it's, it's really wild to watch. I know. Highlight. I would say I have both. Okay. I also think that a lot of my highlighters are, are a little bit on the pricier side. Again, I'm I'm quite fussy with texture. Yes. You and I both don't like glitter and highlight. I we, hate a we glitter. We both love the clear balm. I love like a pearlescent, yes. sheeny yeah, same. kind of formula. Yes. I, I also love when it's balmy. Yes. The Tower 28 clear balm oh, is like such that. a brilliant product. I love that product so much. Yeah. I also actually love the Glossier highlight a lot. The Halo Scope? I, I think it's so special. Okay. I, haven't I have used it in it. court. I think you would love it. Okay. I have it in courts. There's a lot of Glossier products that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, I was late to the Glossier party, but now a you know, cloud paint I love. Cloud paint is amazing. Yep. Again, lash like boy brow, so good. Yep. I also love their skin tint. It's kind of like Kosas. Oh, really? I like. I never think of them for like complexion products. Mm, well, it's all very light. Yeah, yeah. It's not what I'm reaching for on the days when I wake up and I have a, a big old zit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, what about lipstick and lip gloss? I'm definitely high low okay. in that department. I love a, a good drugstore lip balm and and lip gloss. Okay, and... what what are your drugstore faves? Are you an Aquaphor girl? I am actually not really an Aquaphor girl. I guess this isn't drugstore, but it's very affordable. ColourPop yes, is one of Colourpop. my favorite brands in the world. Yes. Um, Where do they, you buy it, though? I feel like it's Ulta. so hard to find. Ulta. Yeah, okay. Ulta, Ulta has, has ColourPop. There is this $8 lipstick, and it's called Blurred Velvet Lipstick. I think that's what it's called. Blurred something. Okay. Um, And it kind of reminds me, my two favorite kind of like luxury lipsticks are the Charlotte Tilbury matte lipsticks, matte revolution lipsticks, yes. and the Glossier Gen G. 
Yes. They're not incredibly the expensive, but yeah. they're, you know, yeah. more expensive than a drugstore lipstick. And the ColourPop blurred lipstick is kind of an in-between of those two. Oh, One layer will give you that kind of Glossier Gen G effect. But if you keep building it, it kind of gives off a Charlotte Tilbury, like, a little bit blurred edges, but full coverage yes. lipstick. Okay. And are you a big believer in lip liner with lipstick? Only when it comes to a red lip. Ah. Only when I'm doing like a sharp red lip. That's the only time I'll, I'll really reach okay. for a liner. Interesting. Okay. Well, those were all my save or splurge questions. But we those were so good. We do need to ask. I, I asked this question to you is your top three beauty products at the moment, which I feel like we've talked about so many of your products, but I also love asking like, what are your top three favorite beauty trends at the moment? Oh, yeah. So trends, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of bespoke beauty, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Like custom make your own. Exactly. Okay, so kind of taking a page from Curology's book yeah. and kind of working with people to find skincare products that are most suitable for their specific like type and condition and anything that they want to improve or target. Which I think is great. Yeah. Because I, I think that the whole notion of like universal products is just completely false. Yes. I don't think that there's one product that works for anyone. Right. Right. That's definitely a trend I can definitely get behind. Totally. With Curology, it's super interesting because you're in communication with the dermatologist. I know. Yeah, it is an interesting. They were like one of the first advertisers I had on this podcast. Oh, really? Like, like a whole trial. It was a very interesting experience. Did you like it? I did. I ended up not continuing with the products because I didn't see like a huge difference. And I kind of feel like, I don't know, I had the brands that I liked. But overall, I think the experience was very interesting. Me too. And I think that they have really great customer service. Yeah, definitely. I had a little bit of a reaction to Curology, even though the percentages were so low. Actually, now that I think about it, I've definitely had a breakout too. It was like the niacinamide. Same. Yeah. I had niacinamide, azelaic acid, and oh, I didn't have any as, like, one other thing I can't remember. Yeah. But this is a trend though that's happening in hair care too now that I see where there's like all of this custom like hair care based on your hair type where you do a quiz and then they send you different like shampoos and conditioners. That's cool. I think I tried that as well. Okay. I like the idea of customized. I wonder if it's going to happen to makeup. So I don't really know how to do eyeshadow. I'm like not one of these people that can like blend out 14 colors. Mm. I would love if I could like customize my own palette with like a cream cheek blush and like a little bit of eye sh- like that would from be a brand so that I like fun. and just make my own palette. Right? Yeah. The only brand I really see doing that actively is Bite Beauty. Yeah, where you can make your own where lipstick. Where you can make your own lipstick. Which I love. And I wonder if they're going to start doing, they have multi-sticks that I adore as well. Oh. I love a multi-stick. Same. When one like, product can do multiple things. It's just it's everything to me when it can go on your lids, it can go on your cheeks, it can love go it. on your lips. And Bite Beauty makes a really good one. Yeah. And is that one customizable, though? I'm not sure if it's customizable, okay. but I was about to say, I feel like it would be so cool if you could go into yeah. the Bite Beauty Lab and customize your own multi-stick. Yes. Okay, free idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other beauty trends that you really love at the moment? Sustainable packaging, yeah. more recyclable packaging. Yeah. Sustain- Who are the brands that do that? Because I, I, I think of um, Kajir Weiss. Yeah, I love I love their products. Yeah, so Very good. expensive, but beautifully made. Beautiful. And yeah. you're, in, again, investing in something yes. that in the grand scheme of things, will save you money. Yes. Because you don't have to continue to rebuy an expensive product. Um, It's interesting because sustainable is one of those terms that's kind of becoming like an umbrella term. (laughs) Like there are so many different ways to be sustainable. Absolutely. It's tough to find a brand that's kind of doing all of the things or like checking all of the boxes. Absolutely. I think a brand like Osea is really interesting. Okay. 
because they're sustainably packaged and all of the ingredients are sustainably sourced. Mm -hmm. And it's non-toxic, which I say in quotes, because again, like, what does that mean? Yes. But they are very explicit about what that definition is to Mm. them. And it's that anything that you use can be flushed down the drain and back into the ocean and it's not harming. Oh, I like that definition. Yeah, which which I think is like a really beautiful and very clear explanation of what they mean. Yeah. And trends I like, I guess, is transparency. Brands that are like utterly transparent about what they're doing and what they mean by things. I hate an umbrella term. Same. Or also like there will be these like marketing terms that they invent for like, they'll be like our patent pending uh, diamond complex thing. And it's like trademark. What what does that mean? Yeah. No, 100%. And I think like from an editorial perspective, it's really important that we as writers and editors challenge that. Mm-hmm. And since we have access to all of these people who work at the brands, like really try and grill them about what exactly that means. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you're, you're grilling an executive at a brand and like they get a little uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I have had that happen. <laughs> I always try and explain to them, like, I'm not judging you. I just want to understand. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Once you approach them with that attitude, then it starts to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm not, I'm not, like writing an expose. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to cancel you. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just want to understand. Right how your product works and yeah. what it's really doing. But I definitely have had people, I guess, like feel a little bit rubbed the wrong way by me asking questions. Yeah, which is really insane when you consider the fact that people are putting this on their skin. And so we have yeah. a right to know what's in the products we're putting on our skin. 100%. Yeah. I think that people also don't really love to share uh, how their products get made, where their products get made how they're sourcing ingredients. Yeah, that can get a little... I've definitely been pitched cruelty-free brands that just aren't cruelty-free. Really? It's pretty crazy. Can we just very quickly talk about what the definition of cruelty-free is? Yeah. I guess like the number one thing is that a brand can be cruelty-free in the States. So so they don't personally yeah. um, test on animals. Yes. But they sell their products in mainland China where it's required by law to test, to test yes. on animals. But don't some people there? use different distributors in the U.S. versus... Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. they do yeah. use different distributors, yeah. but it still is a brand like... I see. I, I suppose it's still a brand signing off. Yes, on... I see. I see. So any brand basically that's sold in mainland China is not cruelty-free. Unfortunately, yes. There's like a couple of loopholes mm-hmm. in the system that I don't really like to promote because I, I don't know yeah. how, how real they are. Yeah. But yeah, basically. Unfortunately, okay. that's the case. But there's a lot of of movement right now about mainland China changing their regulations mm-hmm. about cosmetics. Like there's a lot of push behind that. My prediction is that in the next two years, yeah. they're going to stop testing on animals in mainland China. Oh, wow. Which I think would be amazing. Would, of course. And yeah. Estee Lauder is a brand that does test on animals. Not in the U.S. Not in, in the U.S., China. but in China. OK. So they are have even like been extremely vocal about changing this wanting law. to change their policies yeah. and working with representatives in the government in mainland china to try and like work through regulations mm. and, and change some stuff in a pretty dramatic way which i think is awesome yeah this next question 
is like one of my favorites because I feel like we all have these big beauty mistakes that we make and people can learn from our mistakes. Can you think of like the three biggest beauty mistakes you've made in your whole life and how you've learned from them? I think like toothpaste on zits. Oh, wow. was pretty crazy. <laughs> so I'd have a spot and then I'd put toothpaste on it and I would wake up with just like a ring of red around the zit. Yeah. Toothpaste um, is pretty harsh. I, I just can't stress enough yeah. to just like take a step back from your exfoliating treatments. Mm-hmm. Like I promise, I promise yeah. your skin isn't going to freak out. Yeah. Probably like twice a week is enough, right? Definitely. Yeah. Again, it all depends on percentage. Right. But yeah, twice a week is as like a general rule of thumb. I definitely think is enough if you're using like a mid-grade percentage. Yeah. That's definitely one of them. Beauty mistakes. Did you ever have any like, like looking back at photos, like embarrassing? I know you grew up in LA. I don't know who was popular when you were kind of growing up like in high school, but do you ever like look back and think like, oh my God, when I was doing like this look, it was like not it. I was definitely like very inspired by Avril. Avril Lavigne, um, okay, yeah. black liner. Yes. And was just like really heavy handed going <laughs> in with the black eyeliner yeah. on my waterline. Yeah, but I feel like that's like not a mistake. That was like a moment. Well, uh, totally. But I just remember coming home from school every day and having just streams of, of black <laughs> down my face. <laughs> Did your parents have anything to say about that? Yeah, I think my parents were like, you look crazy. But I think they they also were always very warm and accepting about me kind of exploring. Really? Um, okay. And experimenting both with clothing and with beauty, which That's is great. why I think I am pretty fearless when it comes to makeup looks. Yeah. I never really understand when people say like, oh, I love that, but I can't pull it off. Right. I'm like, because if you love it, you can pull it off. Of course. And it's all perception. Like no one's... No one, I think people think that people are paying more attention to them than they are. Yeah, I you totally I mean? agree. I mean, and that's not to say like, if you're like, I don't like that, that's fine. Right, right. Yeah. But when people say, I, oh, I wish I could wear that. Yeah. I think you can. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And you've also done like you used to have like platinum blonde hair. Oh, yeah. I've been on many uh, a hair journey. Yeah. Have you ever done like a really bold color? I actually haven't. I was going to do blue. I really Ooh. wanted to do blue when I was platinum. But apparently blue is like impossible to strip the pigment out of once you really? go blue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so what do you have to do? You just have to like. I wanted to do like a navy. Oh. Um, And my colorist was like. I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this cut you have now. Oh, it's like thanks. I feel like this is like this sh- all the chic girls have this like just above the chin short bob middle well, part. My hair was so fried from going platinum. So mm-hmm. You can see it my roots. I have naturally very dark hair. Yeah. But and, your hair looks so healthy right now. Well, I just went and I was like cut all the platinum out. I grew it out for a tiny bit and okay. then I went into my stylist and I was like please just cut cut all the of damage it out. Off. And it was really short. It was a lot shorter than I'm used to. Yeah. But it was for the it was for the greater good. Yeah. For the cause. So are you gonna grow it out now or keep it the same? I feel like this thinking, length is I'm so like good for thinking you. Thinking about growing it out just because I've had short hair for so long. Yeah. But every time I say that, I just end up cutting it all off immediately. Yeah. I'm like, I hate it. I look like Professor Snape. I need to cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> when it's at that like mid shoulder yes. hitting length. Yes. Do you think you're gonna be in beauty for the rest of your career? I think so. I just love love it. it. I love it so much. What is it that you love about it so much? Like what about beauty just like speaks to your soul? There's a lot about it in terms of like routines. Mm -hmm. I've always prioritized beauty as like an act of self-care long before it was like celebrated as like Mm -hmm. self-care, capital S, capital C. Yes. I remember when I was in high school, 
and I watched Legally Blonde and there's that scene where she's crying and yeah. she sees the nail salon and she like urgently pulls over. <laughs> I remember being so young and being like mood. Um, yeah. I just the time I spend with myself when I'm getting ready in the morning or before I go to bed or it's so important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're such busy people especially us new yorkers we're never alone true even when we're commuting home from work we're not alone we're in these like crowded subway cars you're walking down the street you're interacting with people in so many ways constantly throughout the day without even realizing it yes and just like shutting my bathroom door being alone you know my cat's not in there my boyfriend's not in there it's just me Mm. really allows me to like prepare and reflect on my days in a way I didn't have before I started really doing a skincare routine yeah. and, a, and a makeup routine in the yes, morning. Yeah. You know, like I thought I, this morning, I, I just thought so much about this podcast, so much about like how excited I was to be on this podcast oh, as someone that's you. listened to it. I feel more gratitude, but I also think it, it's just so inspiring to me creatively mm-hmm. to have fun with makeup like yeah. when i am wearing like a monochromatic outfit like if i'm wearing like a green sweater and a green liner and i walk into a meeting i'm scared for like i'm unstoppable yes or like a power lip like yes i can do anything yeah and it's not in service to anyone but myself right like i right. don't care what anyone in the room right. thinks it's of about my you. liner it yeah. just makes me feel so good yeah i love that and it's the perfect segue to my final question which is when do you feel most beautiful I think that I feel most beautiful when I'm so nervous for a meeting and I walk out and I'm like, I killed that. Yes. That's when I feel most beautiful. When you feel like you've like accomplished something that you were scared about. Yeah. And I love that moment where I'm just like sitting quietly and in my head, just like gassing myself up. I'm like, you fucking did that. Like, really did that. I love that moment. Yeah. I and, love that. And they don't happen all the time. Yeah. But when they do happen. But when they do happen, great. I just feel I feel like I'm my own best friend. Oh, my God. And I love that. I love feeling. that. Amazing answer. All right. Thank you so much, Rio. I will thank drop, you so people much. all need to like just read everything she writes for the strategist because it is always so on point. So I'll link to that and your fabulous Instagram and where people can get to know you better. At Rio VN. Yes. And I hope to see you guys there. And also DM me if you have any questions. Yes. I'm usually pretty active in my DMs. Amazing. Amazing. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. Thank you. Okay, wasn't that just fabulous? Guys, go follow Rio. She's so great and read all of her work.
but there was a lot of information there. So I'm going to leave you guys with some of my top takeaways from the chat with Rio. Takeaway number one, don't over exfoliate. That's a big, big lesson. Be careful with high AHAs especially. Look at the percentage of AHA you have in some of your chemical exfoliants and try to limit it to like twice a week. This is especially important if you have dry or sensitive skin or both, but you want to really just be kind and gentle to your skin and not over exfoliate because that makes your skin angry. The second takeaway, with so many options on the beauty market, I think it's really cool this idea she introduced about voting with your wallet, right? Buying the brands that you believe in because maybe you feel really connected to the founder or to the way they source their ingredients. Just trying to figure out not just, okay, I'm going to buy it because it's here and it is addressing the skin concerns, but really making sure that the beauty brands that you purchase align with your personal values. I thought that was a really eye-opening way to think about your purchasing power as a beauty consumer. The third takeaway that Cheap products can be just as good as the expensive thing. She talked about the COSRX, and that's spelled C-O-S-R-X, Hyaluronic Acid Moisturizer. The fact that her favorite sunscreen is $13 and she tries absolutely everything. I think that K-Beauty especially is a great resource for inexpensive, effective skincare. The fourth takeaway, if you, like me and Rio, love a balmy, pearlescent highlight to try Haloscope from Glossier. I had never thought of going to Glossier for highlighter, and now I'm going to try it. Fifth takeaway, just understanding what cruelty-free brands mean, that cruelty-free brands do not sell in mainland China. So that means that a few of my favorite, favorite, favorite beauty brands actually aren't cruelty-free. These include Benefit, NARS, Dior, Shiseido, So that's unfortunate, but there are so many great brands who don't test on animals. I'll just name a few. Anastasia Beverly Hills, Urban Decay, Too Faced, Charlotte Tilbury, Lush, Glossier, ColourPop. CruelTyFreeKitty.com has a list of 142 cruelty-free brands. And that website, CruelTyFreeKitty.com, overall is a fabulous resource if you want to really understand and stay up to date with brands that are testing on animals because it changes all the time. I think last year, NARS was on the cruelty-free list, but then they started selling in mainland China, so they got taken off. But there was a huge backlash against NARS doing that, so maybe they're going to adjust. I hope that the laws change here because it doesn't seem fair that brands that do want to sell on that market are forced to test on animals. But it sounds like, from what Rio's saying, that things will change soon. And then the final takeaway from Rio that I just want to reiterate and share with you guys, what she said about when people say, oh, I love it, but I couldn't pull it off. It's so true. If you want to wear it, if you want to do a certain look, you can pull it off. There are absolutely no rules, no boundaries in beauty. If you want to go for it, go for it. And I think that's just the attitude that we all need to have. I'm doing brighter shadows now. I'm trying bolder lipsticks. I'm just wearing pink lipstick on a Tuesday because I feel like it. And that's just the energy that I love. That's like my favorite thing about beauty, that we can use it as a tool for self-expression. So I love that. Thank you, Rio, for coming and sharing all of your knowledge with us. I hope you guys love the episode and I'll be back soon with something brand new. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 